single guy, so um, single guys, you know what they eat, so you invite them over for dinner sometime. That would be a nice thing for you to do just to get to know Tristan. So, uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is John, and I'm uh, lead pastor here, and it's great to have you here with us. If you're a guest, thanks for taking some time out of your Sunday uh, to spend with us. And for those that regularly call CCC their church home, great to have you here with us as well. Well, for all of my life, as long as I can remember, I've been a Baltimore Orioles fan. And when I was five years old, I have very few memories. Uh, one of the memories I have when I was five years old is of my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Rose. She was very nice. That's all I remember. Um, I also have a memory when I was five years old of placing my faith in Jesus. I remember sitting at our kitchen table and my dad talking to me about what it meant to follow Jesus and give your life to him. And I made a decision. I said yes to Jesus that day. I also remember when I was five years old of attending my first Baltimore Orioles game. And what I remember from that game was the last play of the game. It was a pop-up, and it was in 1971, but that's what I remember um, at Memorial Stadium. And as long as I can remember, I've been a fan. And when I was a little kid, I would collect their baseball cards and knew all the players, kept track of all their stats, um, couldn't wait for the games that we would attend, collected their memorabilia. And it's been true of me as long as I can remember. Often I'll be out in public, especially in the summertime, and I'll be wearing this hat. And I'll be in places that I've never been before. Like this happened to me last summer when I was in Bermuda. And someone says, go O's. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, go O's. I have no idea why they're saying it to me. Then I realize, oh, I have their hat on or I have a T-shirt on. And they're identifying with me as being a part of the team. And they're a fan as well. And they recognize that this is someone that um, doesn't just like the hat, but they wear it, and there's a sense of identity. There's a sense of connection that we feel, because they know whose team I follow. They know what team I support, in spite of how horrible they were last year, and that they traded their best player away. I'll still cheer for the team, and hopefully get a chance to go and see them play again this year. But this whole issue of identity, of who you're a fan of, is a big deal. It's a big deal. And so I want to ask you this question. If someone spent time with you, would they discover what you're a fan of? Would they discover what you're a fan of? Would they would discover what kind of food you enjoy? Would they discover what genre of music you enjoy? Would they discover the favorite movies you like to go and see? Would they discover those things about you? And all those things are part of your identity. They're part of what makes you, you. And this issue of identity is an important issue when you ask yourself the question, who are you? Who are you? Uh, some of you had a chance to hear last couple of weeks ago and I was out visiting my friend JR and he invited me to be on his podcast. And he began the podcast by saying, John, tell our listeners, who are you? And I had to stop for a minute and think, who am I? And how would I introduce myself to total strangers that I'll never see, may never meet, but they're listening to my voice? Who am I? Who am I? And I realize this issue of identity is something that starts very early because it's usually about in middle school. In elementary school, you're just kind of enjoying life. But in middle school, you realize that there's these groups of individuals, right? There's these different groups of individuals. And you're wondering, where do I fit in all of these groups of individuals? And by high school, you think you've figured that out or you get put in one of these groups somehow, somewhere along the way. By your 20s, you're trying to live out your identity and be who you think you are. By your 30s, you're settled into it. By your 40s, you realize your identity is based on a bunch of false beliefs and lies, and you've got to tear it all apart and start all over. And by your 50s, you're trying to live life and enjoy it. You know. Um, but this issue of identity, of who am I? Who am I? 
And who would you say you would identify yourself with? Earlier, we experienced communion together. And communion is significant. It's significant because it connects to those who are followers of Jesus. It reminds us what Jesus did for us. It reminds us that he went and hung on a cross. He suffered and he died so that every man, woman, student, and child could have a relationship with the Creator himself through Jesus Christ. God sent him to this earth to give up his life, to offer salvation to every person as a free gift. And he offers it to everyone who's here. You say, how do I receive that free gift? You receive it to any way you receive a gift. You have to take a gift, right? You have to accept the gift. It's the only way you can receive a gift. It's not yours unless you accept it. You have to tell Jesus that you want to receive that gift. And maybe that's where you are at today. Maybe you've been coming to CCC. Someone invited you. A friend invited you. And you've been coming for a few weeks, a couple months. You maybe cracked open a Bible. You haven't cracked it open in a long, long time. And you've tried to follow along some places we've been reading. We're going to start next week in, a, in the book of Mark, the story of Jesus. We're going to pick up where we left off last fall and look at his life over the next two months. Maybe you've gotten connected into a men's group or a small group. And you're starting to explore what this whole idea of living in community is all about. And one of the things that Jesus invites you to consider doing is He invites you to consider taking a step of saying yes to Jesus. Taking a step of giving your life to Jesus. Taking a step of turning over control of your life and your heart. An analogy often used, it's like getting out of the driver's seat, out from behind the wheel, climbing in the back seat and saying, Jesus, why don't you slide over and take control. And take control. Um, He's there. He's waiting. He's not going to force his way in. He's not going to force you out. He's waiting for you to say, I'm going to give my life over to you. And if you've done that, if you've taken that step, if you become a follower of, of Jesus, then you become one of God's family. Become one of His family. John said it this way. He said, for as many as, as receive Him, they have become given the privilege, the right, to be the sons and daughters of God. But then how do you get identified as part of God's family? How do you get identified as part of God's family? How do you get identified to be part of a family? How do you get identified as part of a family? When you come out of the womb, does someone brand you? That's what they do to the calves. You know, they brand you so they know you're part of a family. Or, or maybe if you're real traditional, maybe you get a family crest. You know, that's how you're identified as part of a family. You know. But in our culture, if you become part of someone's family, you get given their last what? Name, right? You get given their last name. And that's how you become part of a family. That's how you choose your identity, who you're associated with. My last name is Miklas, not Nicholas like Jack, Miklas. Miklas. Nobody knows how to spell Miklas. Everybody thinks I'm related to Jack Nicholas. If I would, I probably wouldn't be driving a Subaru from 2003. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, you know. Um, 
but that's a unique name in this area. It's not one that's in this area. If you open, if in the days when we had phone books and you'd open the phone book, you'd find myself and my brother. That's who you would find. It's the only Miklases in this area. It's a name from, the, from Eastern Europe. It's a name that's uh, Slovakian. It's not a name that you would find in this part of Pennsylvania. And so it's a unique identity that we have. But how does someone become identified as a follower of Jesus? How do they get identified as a follower of Jesus? In the culture in which Jesus lived, identity was also something that was important. And as you were a young man and and you were trying to figure out your way, your identity was often associated by what your parents did and you would become an apprentice to whatever your father did. And that was your identity. That was part of your identity. Jesus was a carpenter. His father was a carpenter. You would also develop an identity by whose teachings you would follow. There were rabbis in that day, and the rabbis would take the Old Testament, the Bible, and they would explain what they thought it meant. And you would follow various rabbis, and so you would identify as a follower of that rabbi. Well, how would you know that you were a follower of that rabbi? And the way they did it in that culture was through baptism. That's how they did it. And that was taking place in Mark chapter 1. When Mark writes this, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Him. Who is the him? Him is an individual by the name of John. He was known as John the baptizer because he baptized so many people. So many people were following after him. They were confessing their sins and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. People were following him and it was this huge massive event. You can see the whole countryside went out to meet him. Um, If you think about a big event, what comes to mind? Well, in our communities around here, a big event in the fall is Friday night football. A big event in the month of September um, might be something like the Denver Fair, where you have 40,000 people that invade this little town of a couple of thousand. But masses of people came out to see what was going on. And what was going on is these people were declaring, they were announcing something important happened in their lives, and they wanted everybody to know about it. And that's true of all of us, isn't it? When something important happens in our lives, we want everybody to know about it. I remember when my wife finally said yes, that she would marry me. I wanted everybody to know about it. I wanted to tell them all. I remember when um, we walked down the aisle, or I walked my daughter down the aisle. I wanted to tell everyone about that. And then... When God gave us a child and then another child, I wanted to tell and announce and declare that to everybody. It was pre-social media, so you had to find ways to spread the word. But why? Why? Because there's something significant. It's something that had changed my life. It was something I wanted to announce and tell. And so in that culture, in that day, when they wanted to announce and tell everyone what had taken place, that they were choosing a new allegiance, that they had a new team that they were supporting, and this was the rabbi that they were following, they did that through being baptized. And in those days, it was risky. It was risky. Because if you chose to follow a rabbi, and this rabbi's teaching were different than all the other rabbis' teaching, it could cost you something. You might get ostracized by family and friends. It was really serious. But not only was John baptizing anybody that wanted to follow him that day, but someone else showed up. That someone else who showed up was Jesus. Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And you might be wondering, why did Jesus have to be baptized? 
I thought baptism was something that someone did when they said, I wanted to follow God, and then they would declare their allegiance, and then they would be baptized. Well, why did Jesus have to be baptized? Had Jesus lived sinfully, and he was turning from that, and now choosing to follow God? No, that wasn't the case with Jesus. Actually, when Jesus came down the water to be baptized, John wasn't too thrilled about it. He tried to deter him by saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? He didn't understand it. Jesus said to him, No, let's do this right now, for it's the proper thing, he says, to fulfill all righteousness. What's that mean? What's that all about? Well, the word righteousness is simply the right way or the right way of God, the way that God has for them. And part of God's plan for Jesus was to come and to live on this earth and to go through this practice of baptism simply as an example for us to follow. That's what God's plan was for Jesus. And so he says to him, follow the plan, and Jesus was willing to do that. And if you were to say to me, why should someone get baptized? I would say to them, I would say to follow the example of Jesus. To follow the example of Jesus. Because Jesus not only set an example, but he also said this in Matthew 28, 19. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he not only, and he not only modeled it, but he instructed us to do this. Instructed us to do this. They say, why is baptism such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal? It's such a big deal because it is a declaration. It's a declaration of my faith. And it's public. It's public. Baptism was never meant to be something done in private by yourself in your bathtub. That's not the way God designed it. He designed this to be something public for you to declare, this is whose team I'm on, this is who I'm following, this is where my allegiance is. It's public, but it's a public declaration of a private decision. It's a public declaration of a private decision. The choice to follow Jesus, the choice to say, I'm going to be all in, the choice to say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I want to put Jesus in the driver's seat of my life. You have to make that decision. No one can make that decision for you. Parents can't make that decision. Friends can't make that decision. Spouse can't make that decision. Being a good person doesn't make that decision. You have to make that decision. And that decision is of putting your faith in Jesus. You see, baptism for us here at CCC is not just a ritual. It's not just a church tradition. This is based upon your decision of putting your faith in Jesus for your salvation. Not your good works. Not trying to please anyone else. Your decision. One of the most well-known sports stars in the 1990s was Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan played for the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan won six championships in eight years, probably never to be rivaled. Um, And uh, he was well-known for being number 23 in the Chicago Bulls uniform. But at the end of his career, he switched to a different team. And does anybody know what team he played for at the end of his career? Anybody know? Anybody have a guess? Man, the first service, they were all yelling it out. They're the sports nuts, you know. There we go, the Wizards. Yeah, the Washington Wizards. And I got to tell you that every time I saw Jordan in a Wizards uniform, something didn't seem right. It's like he had the wrong jersey on. Something wasn't right because I knew him as a Chicago Bull. And that's the team I saw him identify with. And this just didn't make a lot of sense. And so my question to you this morning, my question to you this morning is why does baptism matter? Why does baptism matter? 
And it matters, I think, for these two reasons. I think it matters, first of all, because Jesus did it. He did it. He was baptized, and he says, I want you to follow my example. And then not only did he do it, but he tells us to do it. He says, I want you to be baptized. I want you to be baptized. I want to take a couple minutes and just talk through some reasons that I've heard from people about why they haven't taken this step. Some people have said to me, I don't want to talk in front of people. Well, you don't have to talk in front of people. We, we work with you to write your story out, and then we have your story told. And one of the cool things about being baptized is a room full of people get a chance to hear your story about your relationship with Jesus. Here's another one. I'm embarrassed to be up in front of people. I'm embarrassed to be up in front of people. The truth is no one's looking down on you and no one thinks badly of you for making this decision and being in front of people. It's actually quite the opposite. There's a room full of people that are excited. There's a room full of people that are thrilled. There's a room full of people that are celebrating that you've made this decision to go public with your faith. Here's another one. I should have done this sooner. Um, I trusted Jesus when I was little. I was, when I was really young, I said I was going to follow Jesus. But I kind of went my own way. I did my own thing. or, or I, just, I never got around to it. And let me ask you in this room, and you don't have to put your hands up, but is there anything in your life that you wish you would have done that you haven't done? I think we all could say yes, right? Coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? Well, the chance is now. The chance is now for you to do that. Maybe say, you know, John, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. Um, in Acts chapter 8, I would encourage you to write those, that, that passage down, Acts chapter 8, and go home and read it if this is your response, I'm not ready. Um, because in Acts chapter 8, there was a guy who chose to follow Jesus, and Philip said, hey, there's some water. What's keeping us from being, being baptized right now? He said, nothing. Let's do this. And you can see there's a baptismal tank right here in front of us, and this is going to be here next week. And so if you're ready to be baptized, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I'm going to give you a chance to respond so that next week you can go public with your faith. Here's another one. I don't know if I'm good enough. You know, baptism isn't based upon your actions. Baptism isn't based upon your actions. Baptism is based upon a decision to choose to follow Jesus. Here's another one. What if I was baptized as a baby? What if I was baptized as a baby? And that may be true of you. Um, one of the things that the Bible's very clear about is that a person um, is baptized after they make a decision to follow Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter says, Repent, turn from your ways, and then be baptized. And that's exactly what happened. They accepted his message and were baptized. It's not possible for a baby to make a decision to follow Jesus. So if you were baptized as a baby and you've chosen to follow Jesus with your life, I would encourage you to be baptized again. I say, well, John, I was baptized a way different than here at CCC. I wasn't put down in the water like you guys do. I, that wasn't my story. And I would say to you, that's the case. Um, we're not encouraging you to be baptized again if your decision to be baptized followed your faith in Christ. But sometimes people say, you know, I want to announce to my new family and friends that I'm a follower of Jesus, and we'd encourage you to do that. So let me ask you this question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to go public? Are you ready to announce whose team you're on and say, I'm all in. I'm a follower of Jesus. And we want to ask you to tell us where you're at today. 
So the way we're going to do that is I'm going to ask everybody in the room to take out one of those communication cards in front of you on the seat, or they might be on the seat if you're in the front row. So everybody take out a card. If you've already started to fill one out, grab that card. So I want everybody to take out a card, okay? There's pens there. Everybody grab a card. I'm going to put some statements on the screen, and there's going to be a number by each statement. We just want you to put a number on the card. Tell us where you're at. That's all we want to know. Tell us where you're at, okay? So here's the first one. Um, so the first one is, today I decided to give my life to Jesus and follow him. We talked about it during communion. I talked about it right now. Maybe today's the day you said, you know what? I realize that I do want to follow Jesus. I want to give him my life. So maybe that's where you are today. If that's the case, put a number one. Maybe you said, I have some questions. I kind of hear you talking about God and Jesus and following Jesus. I've got some questions. I just want to talk to somebody about my questions. And if that's where you are, put a number two. So I've got some questions. If you're a follower of Jesus and you have been baptized, so you've followed Jesus and you've already been baptized, would you put a number three and then just tell us when this happened? Just tell us when this happened. I was seven years old or I was ten years old or it happened in 1997, you know, or just, just tell us something around when it happened. So I'm a follower of Jesus and I've been baptized. When did it happen? I'm a follower of Jesus and you know what, John? I want to go public. It's time. It's time. And um, I want to do this. Put a number four on your card. Number four. And lastly, I'm a follower and I've got questions. Can I, can I talk to somebody about it? I've got some questions. I'm not sure. I, I've got some things in my past. I'm, I, I just need to talk to someone. Put a five. Okay? I'm going to scroll through them real quickly one more time. Number, if, if I've decided to follow Jesus today, put a number one. If you want to talk to someone about following Jesus, put a number two. Got some questions. I'm following Jesus. I've given my life to him and I've been baptized. Number three, and then tell us a little bit around when that happened. Number four, I'm a follower of Jesus and I want to be baptized. And we're going to do that next week if we can make that happen with you. And then number five, I've got some questions. I've got some questions. So where are you at? Where are you at? You know, if you think about the truth is, Jesus was willing to give his life for you. And if you've said, I want to follow Jesus, he said, will you go public? Declare that you are a follower of his to family and friends and everybody that knows you. Would you bow your heads with me as we close? God, you know where each person is this morning. You know their story. You know their heart. You know their questions. You know their wrestlings. Um, and Lord, I pray as each person kind of sits with and just thinks through where they're at and the decision that's in front of them, God, I just pray that um, you would give them a nudge to move in the ways that you want them to move. Lord, this is not about anyone forcing them to make a decision or do something they're not ready to do, but it's about hearing the voice of Jesus and responding to him. And so, God, I pray that for, um, for each person who's here this morning, that you would help them as they make that decision. And maybe there's some that are sitting listening even right now, Father, who 
just realize that, you know, today's the day for them to choose Jesus. Today's the day. And they don't have to wait any longer. They know who he is. They know what he did. They know why they need him. And they're saying, today, I want to choose to follow Jesus. And so, um, Lord, wherever they are, meet them there. And as you meet them there, God, um, invite them to take that next step as you lead them. In your name I pray.